Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. Again, we're going to have two parts to this week's show. The NFC South preview is what you're listening to right now. And this was a really, really fun show to record. We had a great guest who you'll hear about in just a moment. And I had a blast on this one. The NFC West preview that's also in your feed at the same time as this show is a solo show. So I did that one solo. But again, you get two episodes once again this week, pretty much. This episode is about an hour long. So basically the equivalent of two episodes once again this week. So, uh... Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to another edition of the Second and Bull Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, here with you as always. And in today's show, we'll be talking some NFC South. We'll be previewing the NFC South for fantasy football in 2021, and we've got a great guest on today's show as well you've heard him on the show before we had him for a mock draft a couple months ago he's the host of the young fantasy mind football podcast so go check that out on wherever you listen to podcasts and the youngfantasymind.com where you can find his rankings and articles and follow him on twitter at tyfm nfl hutchinson brown has joined us today uh hutchinson how are you doing today it's great to have you What's up, Calvin? How you guys doing? I'm super happy to be here. I appreciate all that intro. appreciate the intro with all my stuff. Yeah, just go find me over there. I really appreciate really appreciate you if you checked it out. But thanks all for right. having me on, Calvin. I'm really super stoked to talk about this. This division is just so interesting. The NFC South is just such an interesting division. Tons of different fantasy assets we got to talk about. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, I really enjoyed the mock draft episode a couple months ago. So that was yeah, great. I'm looking forward to this as well. Go. All right. So you ready to get started? Absolutely. All right. So we got a couple pieces of news to talk about first before we get right into the NFC South. Uh, First and the most major thing basically here is Rashad Bateman will be back sometime in September in quotes after undergoing groin surgery per head coach John Harbaugh. So Harbaugh announced this in his press conference a day or two ago, or I guess this is releasing on Monday. So it was a few days ago when this news actually dropped. Um, so this implies that he's could be back week one, I think for the Monday night game, but not, he's not necessarily likely. So I, th- I would say he's probably going to end up missing a couple of games. Um, uh, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Like I'm it's these, the soft tissue injuries are always difficult. So we, it's kind of hard to predict an exact time and I'm not a doctor or anything. So like, but what do you think about Rashad Bateman? Do you think he's going to miss time? Yeah, I think he's going to miss time uh, for the first week or two. I think he's going to miss the first couple weeks because, you know, I feel like they want I feel like they're going to be conservative with him. You know, he's a rookie coming in. They're a very competitive team. I feel like they're going to want to try to conserve him for the future. And this is just so frustrating for his fantasy because he's going to miss so much offseason, all the preseason games. He's going to miss everything. And it's really going to it's just going to put him onto a slow start when he, when he comes back, it's going to be a very, very slow start because he's going to have to kind of relearn the entire offense all over again after missing all this time. And he's going to be playing NFL football for the first time too. After missing a couple of weeks, it's going to be, I feel a slow starts going to come, but I still like Rashad Bateman as a sleeper just depend on how far he falls. Cause this is definitely going to lower his price by a lot. 
Yeah. And it's unfortunate because at, yeah, like you said, as a rookie, he's already kind of behind in like, he's already likely to be sort of behind in the target share in the pecking order. Most rookie breakouts won't do it in week one. And now missing a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, he's going to step in and maybe Lamar will already have these established targets. Like he are, we know he's going to throw to Hollywood. Mark Andrews is his guy. And the addition of Sammy Watkins, Watkins will already have the edge on Rashad Bateman for the target share. And that could carry over through a lot of the season to where, You never really see Bateman do much, I feel like, until later in the year. So this is unfortunate for him. And it does like not getting that preseason work is really unfortunate for Rashad Bateman, even as talented as he is. Yeah, 100 percent. This is really tough. Like he's been making some waves in camp, especially with that catch over Marlon Humphrey ran straight past him. Like, yeah, it's just tough because he's going to have to relearn a lot of different things. And as a rookie, that's tough. Like, as you said. Rookie receiver breakouts don't usually happen until like a few weeks into the season. Like we saw T. Higgins the first couple weeks, not involved. Justin Jefferson, first couple weeks, not very involved. Like breakout receivers don't usually happen in the first couple weeks. It usually takes a little bit of time for them to get more, uh, just more comfortable with the offense, more comfortable playing NFL football. So it, yeah, it's real. It's really tough to see this type of injury at this time because this is yeah. going to be really tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Hopefully he'll bounce back like to believe he yeah. did with his talent, but not hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, last piece of news. This is, this is, I, I, this is all smoke. This is just oh gosh, when I, when I read this, smoke. I just laughed. When I read this, I just laughed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I when decided I to include it though, because it is making its rounds. Urban Meyer okay. says that Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew are still in an open competition for the week one start. <laughs> Dude, this is just, this is so bad. I mean, if it, Okay, I know that like this is probably complete smoke, but if it actually is, that's pretty sad for the outlook on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like if it act, but this is complete smoke, guys. You don't don't pay attention to this. This yeah. is just something not even don't even pay attention to it. This is nothing to be scared of at all. Trevor Lawrence is start a week one, one hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know like what the advantage is by saying any of this. I guess he's trying to confuse. Whoever, I think it's the Texans that the Jaguars play in week one. Could be wrong about that. I'll go check. I mean, you don't have to confuse the Texans. It's the Texans. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Why are you trying to confuse? You don't have to confuse the Texans for the Texans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, like, come on. Just name the starter. We all know who it is. Yeah, we know it's going to be Trevor. And yeah, they are playing the Texans um, Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern. Sunday 1 o'clock Eastern, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch Trevor. This, yeah, again, this is smoke just included on here because it went. Yeah you know, it made its rounds. It went, yeah, it went pretty was. viral. Like a lot of people started to believe it. And then no, just, this is just smoke mm-hmm. guys. Don't pay attention. All right. Let's go to the NFC South preview Four teams to discuss as usual. Uh, and let's start with the Atlanta Falcons. So like the, like the format, the last couple episodes, we just have like a few questions that we're going to talk about. And then maybe like there's any general discussion about the mm-hmm. team. We'll discuss that as well. Um, first question for the Falcons though. This is an interesting one. How mm-hmm. high is Calvin Ridley's ceiling now? I mean, who obviously we know Julio Jones is gone. Kyle Pitts is here in Atlanta. How high is Ridley's ceiling? How what's the best finish he could possibly have this year? Well, I have him ranked as the best possible finish, <laughs> wide receiver one. I believe you moved him down because mm-hmm. of uh, Adams with uh, Rodgers coming back. But yeah, I have Calvin Ridley at number one. Like this guy without Julio was on pace for some monster numbers, over 100 yards per game. 0.4 touchdowns per game, which puts him on a seven to nine touchdown pace. He was on pace for over seven catches a game. This guy was an absolute monster and he never had a game below 50 yards without Julio. Like when 
he was on the field. He was unbelievable. And he, and those two games where he had 50, he had two games of around 50 yards, just over 50. Every other game, he had 100 plus. Like he was very involved, very consistent, always right there. And I feel Devontae Adams is going to have a lot of touchdown aggression. And we've never seen Devontae Adams have back to back 1,000 yard seasons over his career. I know he's gotten better and better, but injuries have held him back. And that could be a problem for him this year. With Stephon Diggs, you know, Josh Allen, we could see a lot of regression from him. He just had a ginormous leap this season. Then when you talk about Tyreek Hill, this guy scored an unfathomable amount of touchdowns for how many yards he had. He had a crazy, crazy high touchdown rate. He has had a higher touchdown rate over his career because he's a big play guy. But I expect those touchdowns to go a little bit, and he didn't even finish number one last season. I feel like there's just it's just there's just enough room for him to get up there. And I think Calvin really takes even goes even a step further this year from his like talent perspective. I think he goes even a step further. I think he's what everyone wanted Judas Schuster to be. He's going to be that alpha, that number one. And I think he's gonna finish wide receiver one. I'm ranked that way. Yeah, I mean, I think that is I, I think it's fair to say that he could definitely finish there. I'm not projecting it because, like you said, Adams is coming back. And Devontae Adams, the fact is with Rodgers in another tier. And yes, with in yeah, Rodgers or yeah, you're right. Yeah, I said Devontae Adams. Rodgers is coming back. Devontae mm-hmm. Adams is in another tier. And even with regression, he can still easily finish as the wide receiver one. And yeah, like you talked about with Tyreek Hill as well. I mean, the reason I think I feel like Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs and Calvin Ridley are all kind of in the same tier for me at this point. But Tyreek Hill, yeah, I have 80- the top five in like I I've recently cheered up my rankings. Yeah, Calvin Ridley, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins. They're all in one tier. Those yeah, top five guys are all in a tier. I, I see that I could see anyone finishing one. I could see all of them finishing five. Like they're all very, very close. I just think Calvin Ridley steps it up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you would in that scenario, you would like if you're at the one two turn facing like any wide receiver you want, you would or maybe not at the one two turn, maybe like at the one oh one ten facing any wide receiver or the one oh nine. And then knowing like on the way back, you can have one of those you would pass up for a running back. So if I was at like the one oh nine or one ten and I could have any receiver I want, mm-hmm. would but I then, take like, one? you know, like the tiers coming of tier of five, like they're close enough for you to where you would wait or. I would, if I was at like the 109, 110, I would most likely wait because usually at that spot, either Kelsey is available. You got Austin Eckler who might be available. Aaron Jones could be available at that spot. I could see Nick Chubb being available at that spot. So any of those guys, I would take over receiver. If all those guys are gone, then I might, then I might go receiver. It would be tough for me to take Calvin Ridley 110 though, because I know 100% he's coming back. Yeah, I pretty much know 100% of the time he's going to come back. So I'd probably take Adams or Diggs and then let Ridley come back and just do a zero RB approach then. But otherwise, I'm going to take running back nine or 10 or take Kelsey and then take a res- and then take one of those top five guys next round. Yeah, uh, I tend to, I tend most to likely Ridley. Ridley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree. There's like probably like eight or nine running backs for me that I would take before a wide receiver. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, then what you were saying about Tyreek Hill. 87 receptions and 15 touchdowns, which yeah. far exceeds even his outstanding career. And then he added two touchdowns on the ground. There is due for some major regression right there. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, dude, like I had a discussion with someone with this. And I learned a lot about like, cause you know, I haven't, you know, I haven't been crazy into football for very long. It's been only like a, a few years. This is my third year playing fantasy football as a whole. 
but like, and this is my first year in the industry, but like I learned like Tyreek Hill has had a pretty high touchdown rate over his career, obviously, because he's a big play guy. But even like I looked into it more, this still outlier. This is still an outlier season for him in terms of touchdown rate. It's still yeah. a pretty high touchdown rate. But yeah, I think I think his touchdowns are going to go down. He's still going to be a stud, but you know, mm-hmm. not as good as Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, when you see in 2019, like in the, his other two seasons with Patrick Mahomes, seven touchdowns through the air and 12 touchdowns through the air, and he had 15 this year. Like that's. It's, it's even with Mahomes, he isn't consistently putting that up. And that's true with any receiver. He'll still be great. And yeah, I mean, I still think of him as the same tier as Diggs and Ridley, but yeah. And then I think for me, Adams would just, I don't know. I'm I, it's be hard for me to decide whether Adams is truly above. I think he's the clear wide receiver one, but I don't know if he gets his own tier just because again, 48 touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers last year, 9% touchdown and 18 rate. for him. Yeah, that, that is 18. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even so, he averaged about like thing is like twenty two fantasy points per game and half PPR. He could Wait, have he lost, was he could have he lost like three per game and still been like tied with Tyreek Hill. Yeah, but here's the thing. So Calvin Ridley, right in the last seven in the seven games of the Julio, he was on pace to have nine less points than Devontae Adams' twenty twenty season. Wow. Yeah, I mean that so is all true. Devontae Adams has to do is lose two touchdowns and Ridley's over him, mm-hmm. which. And that's if he keeps all his yards and all his catches, which I don't think happens this year. Honestly, I feel like we could see less volume for Adams with Amari Rodgers in there now, with Randall Cobb now being traded there, Robert Tunyon still being there. I think there's a, I think there's a little more targets to, to go around than people might actually think. Yeah, but Adams is still a two for me. Like Adams is still a stud. He's at two, but you know, yeah, I like and, really a lot. Yeah, that's all right. That's fair. Um, yeah, Adams did. Just to check the stats, 21.5 fantasy points per game and half PPR for Devontae Adams in 14 games. That was enough to be the wide receiver one. So pretty impressive there. But I can, yeah, I definitely see your point. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Next question. Uh, will Kyle Pitts have a historic rookie year at the tight end? This position? is a controversial one. Mm-hmm. This is a very controversial question. Right. Right. What do you think? Oh, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead. Yeah. So Kyle Pitts, he's my tight end six right now in my rankings, PPR rankings. Um, I think he takes around what Julio did last year, probably a little bit more. Julio Jones had about 570 to 600 yards last year, three touchdowns. Like, I, I think I'm right on that. I see you looking around your computer. You might be pulling that up. Oh, no, I was looking up a rookie tight end seasons to make sure I had those oh, yeah, stats yeah. correct. Yeah, Evan Ingram was Evan Ingram was tight end too. That was his rookie year. I don't remember how many yards or touchdowns he actually had. I don't remember exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Kyle Pitts could totally have a historic rookie season. Like he's in a very high pass volume offense. He's mm-hmm. most likely the number two option for the Falcons. Russell Gage could be in that conversation. Um, but I, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be used all over the field. He's going to be the number two. I like him a lot, even though I really, really love Calvin Ridley. I, I like Kyle Pitts a lot as a top tight end. And I'm willing, I'm willing to take the shot in the fourth round. But more often than not, I'm going to go receiver there. Just receivers in the fourth round, fifth round range are just gold mines. Yeah. So I, because I love TJ Hawkins and I love Kyle Pitts, but the receivers are just gold. And I find myself taking receiver every time, mm-hmm. which is frustrating because I really want the breakout tight end. I really want that top tier guy in that range, but I just, I just can't do it with the receivers available. Yeah. And I mean, the good part about Kyle Pitts is sometimes he does drop, but rookie fever more often than not will keep his ADP inflated. Uh, Evan Ingram's rookie mm-hmm. season in 2017, the best rookie season ever, 64 receptions, 722 yards and six touchdowns. That's the best rookie season in the fantasy modern era by a tight end. So he finished the tight end too that year, right? 
Yeah, I think um, I, I'll go double check that. But I think you're right. And um, Kyle yeah, I Pitts, ch- I can check that right now. OK, yeah, Did I do you, think what year has, was that? 2017? Yeah, 2017. I do think he has a realistic shot of beating that because that number seems does. really low. And it, it, it does just seem low. Like when you write it, I was like, what? That's yeah. low. I mean, rookie tight ends just never really produce. Like at, Evan Ingram was kind of the outlier and he was more of a security blanket for Eli Manning that year than anything. Um, Ingram was I actually he, I don't think he in at least in weeks one through 17, he finished as the tight end four in points per game. I'll sort that out. In weeks one through 16, he was actually the tight end four because there was Gronk, Kelsey, and Ertz that year. But Ingram was like the next best of the next tier. So I do think Kyle Pitts does have a shot to finish. Yeah, I see the same thing as you. Yeah, Yeah. I see Kelsey, Gronk, Ertz, then Ingram. Mm -hmm. So four. Tight end four. And I'm looking at PPR. I mean, I would say Kyle Pitts has an opportunity to finish top three or top five. It's just the five guys ahead of him feel so locked in to where like it's going to be hard for Kyle Pitts, a rookie Kyle Pitts to beat TJ Hawkinson or Mark Andrews. It could just be a season where six tight ends have a good year and Kyle Pitts is the tight end six and gets better than Evan Ingram. But I mean, I, my projection for Kyle Pitts would probably be around what Ingram had. Like it was maybe a little bit lower. Yeah, it would be close. Yeah, it would definitely be close. I think he's going to see around 700-ish yards. Yeah. But yeah, he's going to be close. I don't think... I think he might could have the second best rookie tight end season of all time, but I don't know. Number one. And I feel like even if he finishes like, you don't know the tight end five or six, right? Like yeah. he finishes pretty high. You're going to be disappointed because you're drafting him as the tight end four. I've seen him go in the third round in a lot of drafts. And that's right where George Kittle and Darren Waller are going like barely after them. You're drafting him pretty high. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are expecting a top three finish from him. So if you expect that and you draft him in like the third, fourth round and he doesn't fit and he finishes anything below that, you're going to be disappointed because if you're most most likely if you're finishing outside those top three tight ends, most likely you're disappointing because usually over the over the last few seasons for tight ends after the top three, four guys, it's pretty disappointing for tight ends. So I feel I mean, I'm willing to take the shot just to have him on my team once or twice just to get a share, but I'm not really like. I'm not targeting him like at all. I'm mostly fading him Mm-mm. at his price. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like the, feel like the only place it's going is up. Yeah, it, it, that is true. It, but it does vary a lot. I've still seen some drafts where he can drop maybe to like oh, yeah. the sixth I take him round in the and fifth, I'll take him I've, all day. I've yeah. seen him in the fifth round, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen him in the fifth. I've seen him in the sixth round. But yep. that's it. I haven't mm-hmm. seen him go further than that. And then someone, a lot of times you're right, someone will reach or and go get him there because then it's just, that's drafting for ceiling. That's not smart, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but, right. yeah, let's, all right. Uh, we have w- two more questions for Atlanta to discuss. Mm-hmm. Number one, what are we doing with Atlanta's running backs? I mean, Mike Davis appears to be the starter, but is there anything else to worry about here? And, like, what is Mike Davis's outlook for next year, do you think? So, all the other Atlanta running backs you could ignore? It's going to be Mike Davis, most likely. Look, I actually did see an interesting tweet. Um, a lot of people thought Jordan Howard was going to be the workhorse of Miami, and he was like the goal lineback. That's literally all he did. And people are a lot of people saying that that's going to be this year. Like Mike Davis is going to be that year's Jordan Howard this year. And I just I don't get that. I don't see that because I don't see anybody else stepping up. Javion Hawkins, you know, interesting rookie prospect. But I don't I don't think he's going to step up. He's not really a workhorse back, but 
Mike Davis, I'm mostly I'm fading completely. I'm not touching any of these Atlanta running backs. I have Mike Davis barely ranked as a top 24 running back, but that's strictly off of volume. We saw Mike Davis have a, some nice flashes towards the end of the season, uh, towards the beginning of Christian McCaffrey's injury. When Christian McCaffrey got hurt, he stepped in. He was great. He was like a top 10 back. And then it really faded. Like it really faded out. And it was just, it was bad after that. Like defenses started to realize, oh, this guy can actually, is a solid back. We need to put a little more on there on him. And he, com- he couldn't deal with it. He completely faded. And we've seen a lot of running back. And remember, he's 28 years old now. We've seen a lot of like veteran running backs, you know, have this one big season, maybe move to another team or have more opportunity and completely fail. Like he's a veteran. He's a pretty old running back. 28 year old running backs are not a good sign. And he's being drafted in like the fifth round right now. And I just, I just can't pull the trigger, especially with the, again, with the receivers in those ranges. I just can't pull the trigger on him. I'm really hard fading him right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's fair. And uh, I, it, it, 28 years old does is scary. His production last year really did fade. I feel like for the first few games of the season, he could be good for you. Maybe this is that's when you sell him high if you're drafting Mike Davis. But yeah, I have a that's a good point, around. actually. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. I have he could ranked- start off hot. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, right. I'll check their schedule to like see maybe if he can. Like, I have him at, right at RB24 as well. Uh, if I check the Atlanta Falcons schedule, I'm not exactly sure who they play early on. Uh, they play the tight, or no, this is a preseason. They play the um, Re- Eagles, the Bucks, the Giants, the football team, the Jets. So, in okay, that's schedule. pretty bad. I mean, the Eagles, have- the Eagles, the football team, and the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I Those guess are that three is tougher teams. Those mm-hmm. are three tougher teams. Yeah, and then they like, have like, like yeah, because if because. Like, how do you stack the box against this team, right? You got Kyle Pitts, you got Russell Gage, you got Calvin Ridley, and Matt Ryan is the quarterback. You know they're super pass heavy. You know their defense is bad. They're going to pass a lot. You don't, you're not really tending to stack the box against this team. Mike Davis is going to have some, like, some three man rushes on him, and he's going to be able to go through. And I think you could definitely get off to a hot start. But then when defenses realize, oh, this guy's good and he can really run, we need to start teaming up on him a little bit that's when he's going to start struggling. So if you draft him, which I wouldn't, he could get off to a really hot start. And if he does, you get him off your team because it's not lasting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think for the one thing I will say about Davis's backups is that I do think Javian Hawkins is worth a pick in the last round of the draft. I Yes, yeah. he went undrafted, but he actually was rated hi- very highly by a lot of people, notably Chris Sims, who had him like in his like mm-hmm. top three yeah. running backs. Uh, Hawkins at 5'8", 183 pounds. He That's the reason I'm small, talking. but he is fast. And I mean, he maybe projects as more of a gadget with his just speed, which is, uh, I mean, he can make guys miss, but I don't know. Maybe he'll get, he could get some touches and maybe, maybe he'll work out. I don't know. He Maybe he'll be like a, he'll, he might be like a, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell type back. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but, pass catching kind of back, speedy back. Yeah. Can but be at, like that. At the RB78 on Fantasy Pros, you can get him for free. And yeah, he's he, free. Just draft Absolutely. him. He, you can get him in the last round of your draft. And I mean, maybe he won't work out, but nobody in the range of the last round at running back is really going to work out either. So why not? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. But just keep an eye on him. I'm not saying. He will take over. I'm not trying to like project the next James Robinson or anything. No, like, he's not. He, mm-hmm. I just, 
like if Mike Davis were to go down, it would I think it would be a committee between a few guys. I think Javon Hawkins could definitely lead because of his talent. I really I actually really like his talent. He's just 5'8, 189 pounds. It's not a workhorse back. Like I just don't see a world where he becomes a workhorse back. It really just doesn't work. That's fair. Um, and yeah, with Robinson, he had that additional edge and size too to be like a, yeah. a three down guy. Um mm-hmm. yeah. Last uh, question here. What are we doing with Matt Ryan? We've talked up a lot of these Atlanta players, uh, talked down some others, I guess, with Mike Davis. But um, what about Matt Ryan? What is he going to do for fantasy next year? I mean, I'm a little lower on Matt Ryan. Um, I'm. It's funny, though. I'm really high on Calvary really and pretty high on Kyle Pitts, but I'm pretty lower on Matt Ryan. With all the volume he had last year, still only QB 11. Like, he really was not good. And then Julio Jones is now gone. Julio, like, without Julio in, Matt Ryan was absolute trash. Like, yeah. And Calvin Ridley still really produced. Like, as I said earlier, two games below 100 yards in those seven games. Like, Calvin Ridley was still very, very productive. Russell Gage was also pretty productive in the time Julio Jones was out. So Matt Ryan could still be pretty bad, but the receivers can also still produce a lot. Yeah, that's what you guys need to understand. I'm not going to be high on Matt Ryan because I'm high on Calvin Ridley, Cal Pitts. And you shouldn't really be frustrated by that because Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage were both very, very productive when Julio was out, when Matt Ryan was struggling. Matt Ryan is not even in my top 15 quarterbacks right now. I know he's going to get tons of volume. He's not even in my top 15. I think without Julio, it's going to be bad, but volume is going to carry him to a solid QB2 finish. Yeah. And when you have a quarterback like Matt Ryan and like who's can not, not very consistent and also doesn't really put up QB one numbers, it's impossible to even draft him like where he might finish. I have Matt Ryan as my QB 19. I don't think I think he'll probably finish ahead of QB 19 because he had like 400 for 4,500 yards last year. But yeah, with Julio out, he was inconsistent. His worst yeah. games were all against like good or average or bad or average defenses, which made no sense is like new Orleans, Carolina, uh, green Bay, I guess Chicago was the one tough matchup there. The chargers in new Orleans and Vegas were like all his worst games. Like he wasn't predictable when he would bust. You probably started him a lot of those weeks thinking this is going to be really good. And then he just doesn't work out. So that left a sour taste in people's mouths for sure. Uh, yeah, it's just, I think he'll finish above quarterback 19, but the guys ahead of him, like Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence, for me, I think they will. Um, they'll be provide more value consistently on a week to week basis. Um, and yeah, it's I think either the guys I have ahead of him are either worth a high upside shot or like Kirk Cousins will be consistent and will produce in the good matchups. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I'm just. I'm just so concerned about Julio Jones being gone. Mm -hmm. That's really, really the thing. Because Matt Ryan has leaned on Julio Jones his entire career. And without him in, obviously, he struggled. He's going to be very inconsistent. And I feel I'm just like lower on Matt Ryan as a quarterback. I just don't feel he's a great quarterback. I really, really don't. I feel like he's had to lean on volume a lot of his career. And especially now. And I feel like. I feel this could be Matt Ryan's last year in Atlanta. Yeah, I, I mean, feel like they could draft a rookie quarterback. I think that I thought that I I was positive that they were going to draft one last year. I was pretty positive that they were going to take a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, Matt Ryan, 
even like someone, I, someone like tweeted a while ago and tagged us saying like, there's not been a, there's the wide receiver one has always had a QB one on his team at Calvin SGF at TYF and NFL. And then we came back at him with like the Matt Ryan stats and whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan is the guy you should be fading, especially at his price. Cause I've seen he's going mostly in like the top 15 quarterback range, like right around there. That's a guy you should definitely be fading. He's not going to be consistent and he's not going to be predictable. He's not going to be fun to have on your fantasy team. Yeah. And then like, like you talked about with that, like the thing on Twitter, like back to, I think this could be a lot like Matt Ryan's 2015 season. Matt Ryan finished as the quarterback 19 in 2015 while playing all 16 games. Julio Jones got a 33% target share that season. That's insane. But Ryan really didn't like, I mean, I'll check. Like, I don't think Ryan had, like, another consistent producer out of there. Like, I mean, if you split that target share between Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, you can still have, like, great production from both. And, like, I mean, Kyle Pitts maybe gets, like, a – and if you – you probably add a little more to both of theirs. Like, it won't – theirs combined will probably be higher than a 33%. But, like, y- you get the point. Like, it's – he did – he held up – or fantasy receiver who was incredible that year and then Roddy White was still there that was what I was trying to check had 70 targets so not anything incredible but like Matt Ryan was able to give like historic production or at least in the target volume to Julio Jones and still finish that low so that does show something to where like I feel like it could be a lot like that year yeah you you could have bad quarterbacks that always um that always produce great. You could have bad quarterbacks that produce great receivers all the time in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Usually it tends to be great quarterbacks with great receivers, but it can always work out the other way. Yeah. I mean, it can happen. And although, yeah, you're right. It doesn't, it doesn't happen often, but it can, uh, mm-hmm. I guess we should, we can move on to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, three yeah. questions here to talk about. The first one is pretty easy for me. Is there anything to be concerned about with Christian McCaffrey? One Oh one. Don't even like just don't try to big brain it. Don't try to do crazy things. Just pick Chris McCaffrey, the one on one. Just he, pick him. Mm-hmm. It, he gives you a great, he gives you a top, he give, basically gives you a top 12 receiver and a top 12 running back all in one. Like he's really just a cheat code. Yeah. He just he's, is so involved in the receiving game. He's poised. He's just, he is really poised for a big season here because Sam Darnold is still not a reliable quarterback and they're going to use him. All, all like in all types of ways, they're gonna be a run first team. Their defense is looking better, and they're gonna throw to him a lot. They're gonna utilize him all over the field. Yeah, Chris McCaffrey, easy one hundred and one pick in non super flex leagues in one yeah. quarterback leagues. And I think a lot of people just forget how good Christian McCaffrey actually was. Twenty nineteen Christian McCaffrey compare it. Let's compare that to twenty twenty Dalvin Cook, like who is the only competition mm-hmm. for him pretty much. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey averaged three point seven more fantasy points per game than Dalvin cook. That is an insane edge. Like three points yeah, per game. I don't think we Dalvin go, cook the next best running back. That's I don't crazy. think we go to that season again, though. I don't think we go to 2019. Maybe not, but like that's a gap is big enough to where he can regress. He can lose plenty of touch. Like he could lose like five touchdowns, lose some yards and still be the running back one. Like, yeah, yeah. He's just like, as I said earlier, he's just, so involved in receiving game, so involved in the running game. And he's just, just a great back. He's a great running back. He's very explosive. He's very strong. He's still only 24 years old. He's entering like the prime of his career. So this is a guy that you should, if you have the one one 
you should be drafting him. And if he falls to anywhere that's not the 101, you got to pick him up. And even like I said earlier, and maybe not in Superflex, even in Superflex, I'm not mad at the 101 being Christian McCaffrey. I'm totally cool with Christian McCaffrey as the 101. Yeah, if you're like, if you've got guys later, like I know I've got guys for Superflex that I like later. Um, like quarterbacks in, in the draft, like yeah, quarterbacks yeah, yeah. who, um, like I, I feel like could still be good for my team that I can get much later in super flex than like yeah, for example, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, someone like that. Like I feel like mm-hmm. uh, McCaffrey, there is a case for the one on one in super flex. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, next question: How will the crowded wide receiver room can perform with Sam Darnold at quarterback. I, Teddy Bridgewater was able to support two a thousand yard receivers last year. Now they add Terrace Marshall and just get Sam Darnold, who is a lot more Bridgewater. Wasn't great, but I feel like he's more consistent than Sam Darnold will be this yeah, year. Bridgewater, so how do we project Br- this? So what you're saying about Bridgewater, Bridgewater is very interesting because in 2019, remember when Drew Brees missed time during Michael mm-hmm. Thomas's legendary season, right? When Michael Thomas started with Teddy Bridgewater, he was the wide receiver one in the span. He was number one. So he did not change at all. Right. And then you put Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina who just produced like DJ Moore was a very low and wide receiver too. And Robbie Anderson through the first half was a great receiver. Curtis Samuel down the stretch was an unbelievable fantasy asset. Right. And now you're putting Teddy Bridgewater in Denver. It didn't happen yet, but I think I, that's why I love both Denver receivers because if Drew, I mean, if uh, Teddy Bridgewater were a star for Denver, both those guys would be great. But yeah. Sam Darnold has not really produced a fan, like a, a great fantasy receiver, like ever. And he's bad himself. Like, I mean, I, I want to say the breakout's going to come. I want to say he's going to be great, but he just has not shown anything. Like, there's been no flashes whatsoever of Sam Darnold and greatness. Like, those two don't really go together. You know, like he just hasn't shown anything like with greatness yet. And it's just so tough to trust these receivers. I like Robbie Anderson because of the volume he could see. Cause you know, the, he was just a nice PPR floor guy last year. I like where he's going in drafts DJ Moore, though. I think you probably know this, but I am not, I'm, I will not touch DJ Moore in a draft. It will never happen for me. He's my wide receiver 23. He's barely in my top 24 receivers in PPR. I just don't see the volume being there. I don't see the touchdowns coming because Sam Darnold over his career has had a really low touchdown rate. And now you add Terrace Marshall and you bring back Christian McCaffrey, two guys that are going to vulture tons and tons of touchdowns. Like, it, I just don't get it. Low volume, low touchdowns, but he's super efficient. That's what's going to keep him afloat as a lower end wide receiver two, higher wide receiver three. But, uh, but he's just not going to have the volume. He's not going to have touchdowns. It's going to be so disappointing. And he's still being drafted in the top 20, and it makes no sense to me. Yeah, you I really don't get it. Summed it up. I don't have Sam Darnold in my top 24 quarterbacks. I have DJ yeah, neither my do wide I. receiver 24. So, uh, and Robbie is my wide receiver 34. So, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I have both players in the same. Robbie, I have like 30 or 29 right now, so I'm a little higher than you, but in the same ranges, in the yeah. same kind of tier. Yeah, so both, we- both will be lower end wide receiver twos, high wide receiver three options for you in PPR. Yeah. So I guess we answered the last question. Does Darnold have fantasy value for this year? No, I, I mean, I at least don't think so. I'm willing to take the shot. Like if I, you know, really waited on my second quarterback. Right. And I'm stuck with guys like Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold and Mac Jones and Mm. like the really low end guys, like scraping the bottom of the barrel. I'm willing to take that shot as my quarterback too. Mm -hmm. 
I'm pers- personally offended that you put Daniel Jones in the scraping the bottom of the barrel <laughs> tier. Well, well I, I mean, would... like in ter- well, I mean, in terms of ADP. Okay. In ADP, he's like way down there with Sam totally. Darnold. Like, like in terms of ADP, they're way down there. And I, like with Drew Locke types, Teddy Bridgewater guy, like Sam, like Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, like really like lowering guys. I'm willing to take the shot on Sam Darnold's my quarterback too. If I'm okay. really waiting, I'm willing to take the shot. But otherwise, no, I'm not really looking for him at all. Maybe in Superflex for me, but with because of the weapons. Yeah, I was not. I meant I was meaning in Superflex. Oh, okay. In quarterback, yeah, in one QB leagues, I'm not really looking at him at all. I don't th- really think he has the upside because yeah. he doesn't really he doesn't have much. Ru- he doesn't have rushing at all, and he just hasn't showed anything yet. So I wouldn't be willing to draft him in a one quarterback league. Guys usually stay away from backup quarterbacks. I don't really draft backup quarterbacks in super and uh one quarterback leagues. I'll mm-hmm. stream on the bye week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh yeah, for, for, for one quarterback, he's not really touchable for me. But in Superflex, yeah, that is a good point. Yeah. Um New Orleans Saints, I guess let's move on. Four questions yeah. for them and then three for the Buccaneers. And then that'll be the show. Uh who do you think will start at quarterback next year? <laughs> I think both will start at some points in the season. I think both will start at some points in the season, but I think Jameis will start first. Okay. I think Jameis will start first. Jameis will start the first few games and eventually, or for some games, if Jameis wins and plays really bad and he gets benched, I think Taysom Hill is going to start games this season. All right. Yeah. I'm, I think Hill will start first, but I, do I know see- I didn't give a clear cut answer, but I feel mm-hmm. like it's going to be mixed. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'm, I think if Winston starts, it could go like really similar to how you laid it out for sure. I think Taysom will start week one. I think Jameis Winston will have a chance to get some action, but I think it'll be mostly Taysom Hill this year. He gave the team okay. a chance to win last year. He won games. He will give the team the best chance to win this year. And it will just be a new, this won't be like an offense first kind of team like it has been in years past, even with Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. I feel like with Taysom Hill early in the season, it'll just have to be surviving without MT. And then when Thomas comes back, yeah. maybe you get some more offensive juice. But I Taysom Hill is the type of quarterback who can survive to a four and two record potentially. I feel like that yeah. I could definitely see that. And this yeah, is Hill could definitely win games. Team, not best, he just, best for fantasy. Yeah. Cause he just adds because Hill just adds another um just another uh weapon with his legs. Mm-hmm. Like he is a really good running quarterback. And, you know, the Saints use him all over the field. But if he was a starting quarterback, he just adds extra just extra juice with his legs. And it really helps out the offense. It really helps out the team. So, yeah, I could see like a four and two, four and three start for Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. Something like that. All right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next for the Saints. How does the specific quarterback affect the offense for fantasy? So, yeah, I'll, I'll start. So, James Winston, if he were to start, right? Mm-hmm. So this helps out Alan Kamara a lot because Taysom Hill, if he sees pressure, he'll run. If James Winston sees pressure, he's not a running quarterback. I think Alan Kamara for a dump off would be the best option. I feel James Winston will provide more. I feel James Winston will provide more fantasy, um, just better fantasy for the receivers and for the running backs because of just how much he throws, like how much he really throws the ball and how much he doesn't run the ball. The mm-hmm. passing volume, I feel, will be higher if Jameis is starting. With Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill could be a top-12 quarterback, like by himself. He could be a top-12 quarterback. But the receivers around him, I feel, will struggle a little bit more. If, Because yeah. I'm, I'm talking without MT. 
I mean, without Michael Thomas, because Michael Thomas, I don't think is going to play most of the season. So without Michael Thomas, most of these options, I think are going to struggle with Taysom Hill. I think they'll be a little bit better with uh, Jameis Winston. Yeah, this is a really hard team to project because it's like, it's so it, difficult it's, with two different types of quarterbacks. It's like things change. I am higher on Alvin Kamara now than I was earlier in the offseason. I feel like he'll still have value no matter who plays at quarterback. Yeah, and I have him he's as my running RB5 five. for me. Yeah, yeah I have him at five too in PP, especially in PPR. Because yeah, he's one way or another, he's going to be involved in the passing game. But I feel he's going to be leaned on a lot because the quarterbacks are going to struggle. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Defenses are going to know that too. So they'll team up on him a little bit and he'll struggle in terms of efficiency, but he's still a locked in top eight running back. Mm-hmm. I just don't love his because I see him a lot going three or four overall in drafts. I'm like, eh, I'd rather have Derrick Henry or Zeke Elliott. Yeah, I'll take the durability of Henry or like the end, the week winning weeks that you can expect from him. And then I'll take the pass catching and also the durability of Zeke. Because when Zeke mm-hmm. missed a game last year, it was like the first time in like four years. So he, yeah. both of these guys, the durability at the running back position is why, like, I'm not going to lose my league in the first round. If I can get a guarantee, like these two guys are, like, even McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook have injury histories in the past. Those guys have production so much higher than the rest that I'll take them first, too. But, like, it, then it comes down to, like, do I really want to take a gamble on Alvin Kamara? Yeah, with, yeah, like, I'm with you. Maybe with my, be better. But with your stud, like, with your stud guy, you want to be as safe as possible. Yeah. With your stud guy, you want to be a you want to be safe. The the second and third round and fourth round, those are when you take your those are when you take a little more riskier bets. But your first round, maybe first two rounds, should be pretty safe options, right? In my opinion, especially those top end picks with the running backs. Though you should grab as safe as a guy as possible, a guy you know is going to be a top five ish running back. Yeah, and the turmoil of this team is also it continues because michael thomas is injured and um so where are you drafting him where do you have michael thomas ranked he's outside the top 36 Mm. i'm not touching the drafts i just i i feel they could be very conservative with him they could try to start him too fast and he re-injures because they really want to win because they're they're way over the cap they're like 60 70 million over the cap somehow. I have no clue how they did it, but they're, they're so deep and they're, they're oh, a lot of money and they have a lot of guys going to their prime. A lot of guys getting a little older and they need Michael Thomas on the team twin because they do not have an other number one clear cut receiver to take that role. So Michael Thomas, I think could be either started. He's either going to be started too early or they're really going to wait on him to try to come back next season fully healthy. So yeah. he's not inside my top 36. I'm not touching him drafts. I just don't want to deal with that headache. I mm-hmm. really, really don't because I just even I feel coming off the surgery, he's not going to be as good. I really don't think he's going to yeah. come back to the same Michael Thomas we ever saw in 2019. Yeah, he just I really might, don't think we see him again. He might pull an AJ Green and just sit the whole season like he might. Yeah, this I is could where- totally see it. I mean, because of the... the and right like, now, he's pissed off at the Saints. <laughs> like, he seems pretty angry with the Saints right now. Yeah. Him and Sean Payton did have a good discussion, I heard. But mm-hmm. I don't... I could see him getting traded this season. Yeah, it's... By the end of the season, I could see him get traded. It's tough. I had to kind of insert him in, like, a teardrop in my rankings. So that, for me, that's between Jerry Judy and Curtis Samuel. He's behind Jerry Judy and ahead of Curtis Samuel, a wide receiver 37. So, I mean, oh, I wow. understand. Okay. I think... uh 
I'm trying to compare to, I can actually check the consensus on Michael Thomas. I don't know whether that's high or low. I'll check fantasy pros. I think that's I think around Michael Thomas isn't last time I saw Michael Thomas, he was in like the, Oh wow. He's in, I the think 40s. He was in the thirties or forties. Yeah. He keeps dropping it. He's at 46 now. Crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. He keeps dropping it. Like, cause he, I don't think when he comes back, he's going to be a top five guy. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's worth it because when he comes back, I don't think he's to be that stud we've ever saw of him. The quarterbacks are not great. Like, I just don't see Michael Thomas coming back being the Michael Thomas we want to know and love. Like, yeah, I just don't true. see that coming back. Yeah, and you could end up seeing, I could end up bumping him down even further in my rankings. He's just been kind of falling and falling and falling as the reports get worse yeah. and worse. Yeah, he he's falling a lot in my rankings. Like, I just can't. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just not I'm just not dealing with it. There's so many more higher upside guys in his range, so I'm not really going to touch him in drafts. I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and I guess the last one, which option outside of Michael Thomas will have the best season? Adam Troutman is going to be the guy. He's my 10 and 10 right now. Wow. He's moved. He's skyrocketed in my rankings recently. Like, nice. I mean, well, not recently, but when we heard Michael Thomas could be out for a long time, he was at like tight end 17 for me. He's moved up crazy. And I'm not like a crazy Adam Troutman truther, but I am all in on this guy this season with Michael Thomas now being out. He's going to have a huge opportunity in this offense. And with the quarterback struggles, a tight end is a nice safety blanket, a guy you could depend on. And he's just going to be on the field all the time because he's a great pass blocker, right? Like he was just great. He's just a great blocker and he's going to be used all over the, he's going to be on the field at all times. And it's going to lead to a lot of catches for him. He had a really nice rookie season. I really like Adam Troutman this season. Yeah, I think Traquan Smith is a guy who like he's had chances to produce and hasn't done much. So it's he's my wide receiver fifty six. So I guess I lean towards with you that Adam Troutman has the highest Mm. upside. I have Troutman Callaway too. Marquez Callaway. Yeah, is a guy to watch out for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have Uh, Troutman lower at my tight end eighteen, but he's worth a shot for sure. In oh man, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, he like I wasn't a huge Troutman guy, but I just see so much volume going to him. I just don't. Traycon Smith has had three years to produce. He's never done it. He's had the number two role. He's never done it. Marquez Callaway. Look, I could see it, but he's just a shot in the dark. He's a real stab in the dark. There's a lot of question marks there. Mm-hmm. I don't really trust him too much. Adam Troutman, I think, is going to be great. But, you know, he, he he's a guy I'm now heavily targeting in drafts late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, he's, he's a good guy as a sleeper tenant and especially because like his price hasn't really moved yeah like, his price hasn't moved that much because honestly when i thought when i when i saw michael thomas go down i was like adam troutman could be drafted in the top 10 rounds by like september and he's still being drafted outside of, like the top 13 rounds like i don't see him going in the top 12 rounds ever i don't see him going in those ranges at all and it's really cool. It's really nice because I like I like picking those tight ends later. Yeah. If you're waiting on tight end, one of the great guys to get like I'm waiting on tight end. If I don't usually if I don't get like the top six, one of the top six, I'm going to wait. So, um, oh, yeah, don't draft yet. Yeah, don't draft PSA, the middle round tight end. PSA here. Don't draft tight ends like six or seven through 12 or yeah. seven through 15. Those tight ends are disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Do not draft those guys. Do not touch those guys. They're, they're always disappointing. They're always underwhelming. And 
sure, you get you could get like an eight point per game t- tight end that's dependent on a touchdown, but you're gonna pay a seventh round price for that. Like yeah. you could just get a nice, you can get a really nice receiver, you get a solid running back. Like you can get Chase Edmonds or Kareem Hunt in that range. Well, maybe maybe a little earlier than that. But like you can get a solid running back. You can get a nice receiver, or you can go quarterback in that range too. Get a good quarterback. Tight end is just not the way to go in the middle rounds. You either go early or go way late. Yeah, it's just setting a pick on fire. Basically. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um. All, all right. right. So let's move on to the Bucks. We got three questions let's here go. to wrap up the show. What can we expect from this wide receiver trio, and what can we expect from Rob Gronkowski? So, okay. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are both locked in top 15 receivers for me. Godwin's at 13, Evans at 11. I love both these guys. I think they're going to be the 1A, 1B. The offense is going to be kind of dialed through them. And then we have Antonio Brown, who I think is a great sleeper. I talked about him on my last episode. Uh, we did the wide receiver. We were wrapping up the wide receiver preview, gave out a last sleeper. Antonio Brown is a guy, look, number three in the offense, well projected, but even like we say he's number three, but when he came in, he led the team in targets. Mm-hmm. The moment he was in to the end of the season, he led the team in targets. And to be fair, Godwin in that time had, you know, that weird finger injury. Mike Evans missed a lot of week 17. So, you know, there might be a little bit, there might be a little bit to, help him out there but Antonio Brown's still going to be heavily involved this is still a pass first offense they're going to put they're going to keep pushing the ball downfield Antonio Brown can work in the deep game he did a lot last season and then Gronk I don't expect a tight end one season from him I mean there is there's there's so many great receivers on this team and I like OJ Howard a lot I like his talent and I like the bounce back we could see from him so I'm not loving I'm not really really loving Gronk right now maybe like a top 15 ish tight end but he's not going to be he, he's not because he's going in the range where you're probably going to take shots in the dark and i just don't see the upside for him because he's the four on the team yeah he's the fourth option adam troutman's the number one gerald everett late could be the number three or, i mean yeah he's number three on the team like there are guys going later that are like the number two the number three or then even the number one option on their team so i would take those guy, those kind of guys over a guy like Gronk in that range. Yeah, I agree. I mean, well, I don't know. I wouldn't actually take them over him. I don't think. I just think with Gronk, he is inconsistent, but he does with. Yeah, uh, I'd per- it, it sounds stupid, but he does have the connection with Brady, and he does, he does have upside. I mean, I haven't met tight end twelve. I'm just not taking tight ends there because I agree that like I think Everett and like Troutman are very similar, and I can get them later. Yeah, I, I'm not saying like straight up it'd be a tougher decision, but I'm saying I'd rather wait even yeah, later and that grab that sense. that like go for the sh- like shoot for the stars later. I'd rather do that than grab than grab a Gronk in like the like the what what is he going at tight end twelve? Uh, I have him at tight end twelve. I'll go. Check you have him at tight end twelve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wherever he's going at, I I think he's going in the top fifteen range. I think he's going right around there. I have him at like tight end seventeen right now, tight end eighteen right around that range. Yeah, I'm just not re- I'm not really feeling it. And also, look, he could be done like he really, really could. Like, he's really old and he's coming back and he's come back for another year. You know, he could just be he this. This could be the cliff for him. We could really see him fall off that cliff. I am not going to project that at all. But there's just more risk with Gronk than you think. And there's no upside. 
in, I'm, in my opinion here. Mm-hmm. He's the tight end 16. I mean, the yeah, one 10, thing 16 is AP. Okay. Tight, tight, second half of the year last year when uh, everyone was there, I guess I'll look at weeks 10 through 17 here because or I'll look at weeks 10 through 16 because um, Antonio Brown was back and like he didn't play a full snap in week nine. Weeks 10 through 16, Gronk was still the tight end eight. So he still can produce. He just doesn't have the upside, which is why I have him ranked lower. He actually is the tight end 16 consensus. I think that's a little bit mm-hmm. low, but yeah, it's it's it still makes sense. He's getting older. He's not the vintage Gronk that we once saw. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. I- yeah, I'm just really not – I'm not going to be depending on Grok. He's mostly a fade for me. I'm not really going to be targeting him, especially because he's going in that range where tight ends are just absolute trash. I'm just not really touching him there. Mm-hmm. But, like, honestly, like, I don't – like, I'm looking at Gronk's game log right now. What what week's did he play? He played in 10 through, 10 through 17? 10 right? through 16 I put in because those weeks were all the um, – all, all four pass catchers were playing. Because he started week one, correct? Uh, I think he, he did start. He started week one, but he wasn't really evolved yet. He was bad. Yeah. So he, I'm looking at like, okay. So I'm looking at like week 10 on, right? Mm-hmm. Here was his target numbers, right? Three, six, seven, two, seven, two, four. So right, he was yeah. decently involved in a few of the games, but the other games, he was kind of like two targets, four targets, two targets, three targets. Yeah. Like, I just don't know. I'm not. I'm not really feeling the Gronk. I'm not really feeling Gronk. But it, I feel he could definitely be a higher end tight end too. But he's not. He doesn't have much upside for me. Mm-hmm. All right. That's my personal opinion, though. Yeah, I agree. Uh, who, if anyone, is the guy to draft from this RB room? There are actually. Well, I want to. Well, there's just one that I'm fading. Okay. There's two guys that I'm targeting though. I would target Ronald Jones. Yep. And I would target Giovanni Bernard. I want to talk about Ronald Jones first, and I'll talk about Gio in a second. Ronald Jones, look, he's like, according to camp news and stuff, he is shining. Like, he's really doing good in camp. And I feel like there's a big reason this. He's only 24 years old. He's entering the prime of his career. People forget that he was drafted when he was like 19, 20 years old. He was drafted very, very young. He's been in the league for a few years, and he's still only 24 years of age. So he's entering the prime of his career, right? He was the lead back last year of all the confusion, like all the craziness. He was still the RB20 in PPR. He still finished the RB20. He was still an RB2 for you. Sure, he disappeared some games and he fumbled and it was dis- it was really disappointing some games from him. But he was still good. He still had some productive weeks. And I feel you're drafting him so late right now. Like he's going in the 30s right now and i feel that's way too low i have him just outside my top 24 he's a guy that you should definitely be targeting in your drafts and then geo i think geo could be look geo is definitely past the prime of his career he's like 29 30 years old right but geo could be like the next he could be like the james white of the tampa bay offense because tom brady loves to throw to his running backs right and ron jones couldn't catch anything last year. Leonard Fournette was not very good either. They both pretty much had bricks for hands. Gio is a pass catcher. He's a pass catching back. And he could see 100 plus targets this season. And PPR where he's going in drafts, that's going to be more val- that's going to be valuable. I think he could finish in the top 36 this year. He doesn't have much upside, 
but he's a nice, I think he's a nice floor play in PPR. I think he, he could kind of be like a JD McKissick kind of player yeah. where he, he just gets tons and tons of catches. Doesn't really do much with them, but he gets a lot of catches. So he could definitely be a top 36 kind of back. Okay. But he's going, he's going in the fifties, sixties for running backs. And it's just way too late for me. Uh, I'm yeah. getting him in a lot of drafts. I mean, the concern is they've already got, I feel like Giovanni Bernard is like the fifth or sixth best option on this team. Or like the, maybe the fifth, if you're like optimistic, the fifth, uh, target on this team, like I don't honestly. See the only two guys I see are Ron Jones, Leonard Fournette. I mean, no, and I'm, then Gio. not not in running backs. I, I, oh, pass catching, yes, yeah, 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 pass catching, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, because yeah, if, if he was the fifth, he'd be caught. But yeah, I agree. The only two guys at running back ahead of him are Jones and Fournette. But I think as a pass catcher, he's at best like fifth. He goes true because like with James White, there weren't as many passing options in New England, so James White did get more volume. I still think Geo could be a solid PPR option. He doesn't have much upside with all the receivers around him, but it's a pretty high passing volume team. And Tom Brady loves to throw to his freaking running back. So I think if he were to have that great pass catching back, he's going to make a room for him in the offense. Mm-hmm. So I think that could be Geo this year. Yeah. And I was surprised to see why, how far Ronald Jones used to be in the 20s in the rankings. In the 30s. Like, I looked at fantasy pros and he has dropped to 33. What happened? I don't I Ronald Jones is a Dude, great value. He is slipping. I I most of my mocks I'm in, I'm seeing him go outside the top 10 rounds. Jeez. A lot of mocks I'm in, he's outside the top 10 rounds. Mm-hmm. It is crazy right now how much value you're getting with Ronald Jones. Mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette is going in the same range too, but I'm mostly fanning Fournette because I'm I'm a big ro- I'm a Rojo fan. I like Rojo a lot, and he's entering the prime of his career. I feel I feel big seasons coming. I feel a big season can be coming for Rojo. Mm-hmm. I'm not super comfortable with him as my RB two because of you know the the games he's going to disappear in because yeah. of his fumbling or because of just Bruce Arians being annoying and being the worst. But you know he'll still ha- he'll have some nice games. He's a pretty explosive back, so I'm I'm really liking uh, yeah. Rojo. I think it's laughable that Michael Carter is ahead of Rojo. I, I don't yeah, that's, understand. That's laughable. I mean, I like Michael Carter too. Like, I do like Michael Carter. I don't think Michael Carter is going to be the workhorse, but I think he's going to be the lead of that committee. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you you and Chris had an argument on a recent episode about Michael Carter. Oh, yeah, because it. Tevin Coleman is the better running back. Is yeah, that what yeah, you do. You think that, right? Yeah, you were saying Tevin Coleman better, and Chris was freaking out on you. Mm-hmm. That was during the running back preview. I remember that one. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Tevin Coleman will finish higher than Michael Carter. You'll yeah, you, that was your hot take. That was your hot take of the episode, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had to put it in one of them. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so I guess we got one question left here. Yeah, Fournette, yeah. Fournette is who I'm fading. Jones is who I'm going after. Yeah, uh, 100%. Does, I think we agree on this one. I could be wrong, but I think we agree. Does Tom yeah, Brady I think we have do, elite yeah. fantasy potential? Yes, he does. I have him ranked as my quarterback nine, and I feel terrible. I have him ranked it. I'm ranked at like quarterback eight or nine right now. I feel awful about it yeah. because he finished at quarterback eight last year or like quarterback eight or nine last year. And now, you know, second season. Second and now he has was like QB second. Oh my gosh. Like he was the last like five. I mean, it was an easier schedule to be fair. It was a pretty easy schedule, but those last like five games were unbelievable. He was so good in that span. All the receivers were great in that span, too, especially Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was like a top eight fantasy receiver in like the last five ish games. 
But Tom Brady definitely has he has top five potential. He doesn't run the ball, which is not helpful. Mm-hmm. But he could legitimately throw now with an extra game. He could throw 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He could be the MVP of the season. He could have a legendary season in Tampa Bay this year with all the receivers he has stepping into his second season. He was great last year, even with all the confusion, with all of, you know, with him stepping into a new team. He won the Super Bowl. He was a great fantasy asset. So the, Tom Brady definitely has elite fantasy potential. But I see him finishing around where he did last year, maybe a little bit higher. I could see it. Yeah. Uh, the weeks 10 through 16 stats, by the way, I was a little bit off. He's actually the quarterback six in points per game, if you exclude Marcus Tom Mariota. Brady. Yeah, Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Mm-hmm. It, it, Marcus Mariota. Yeah, that doesn't count. Because mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota had that one game, right, where he had a tons of rushing yards. Yeah, he played one game in that span. But yeah, in points per yeah, game yeah. for fantasy, he was the quarterback six, Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady was Tom Brady was great. The rushing's going to hurt him. But in a six-point passing touchdown league, especially with how many touchdowns he throws, like he threw 40 last year. I could see him going upwards of 45, even 50. So with in a six-point passing touchdown league especially, he could be great. Because in six-point passing touchdown leagues, the Konami code of rushing is not as much as a Konami code anymore mm-hmm. because you know pocket passers that throw a lot of touchdowns are still pretty valuable. But in four-point passing touchdown league, obviously the rushing goes up. But Tom Brady... Either way, he's going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. He's locked in. Great offense. He's a great quarterback. I don't see the wheels falling off yet for him. I love him this season. I think he's a great target in drafts. Yeah, I agree. Late round quarterback for me, Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill are. Oh, yeah. Those are my two guys. Tannehill's at six for me right now. Ooh, dang. Tannehill's at quarterback six. I'm all in on him. He's going to be like all my. Like, it. Tom, him and Tom Brady are going to make up at least half my teams, if not more, <laughs> for this season. Like, they're going to be all over my teams. Mm-hmm. Love those two guys. All right. I guess that wraps up the episode. Thank you, Hutchinson, for coming on. It was a lot of fun to have you. Make sure to follow Hutchinson on Twitter at TYFMNFL. Uh, follow or go to theyoungfantasymind.com and uh, go check out his podcast, rankings, articles. Uh, he has a great show, so you should go check it out. Um, Appreciate follow it, me. Man. Uh, yeah, it was great to have you on the show today. Follow me on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF at SGF pod uh, is the podcast um, at SG sports talk. If you want to check out our YouTube show um, and uh, yeah, that's great. About you, it. It's a great channel. Go check it out. Thank you. Um, but yeah, great to have you. I hope you can, I'll put, you'll probably be back. I mean, obviously I'm looking for more guests. So I hope to have you back in maybe in a, in a few weeks as well uh, for another hey, dude, show. I would love to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I'm, guys, I'm excited for the in season shows for the, uh, yeah, it's going to be like, a whole different vibe on the in-season shows with the yeah. waiver wire and stuff. But yeah, can I, Go ahead. can I say something real quick? Sure. And guys, just what, if any of you are listening, you are heading to Canton, Ohio. I'm going to be there. Well, actually, I don't know if this, oh, this releases. releases on Monday. Dang it. All right, whatever. Never mind. Because <laughs> I'm there I'm yesterday. To, dang it. I'm heading to, uh, I was, I've been in Ohio. Well, now that this is releasing, I've been in Ohio. I was at the fantasy football expo. Hopefully I had a great time. I don't know because this will be released mm-hmm. on Monday. So and this today is Friday, so I have no idea. But yeah, hopefully I met as many people as possible in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. sorry. I thought, dang it. I thought I forgot this released on Monday. Yeah, that's, <laughs> oh yeah, that is unfortunate, I guess. But yeah, so you would be back like now that it's on Monday. So yeah, I'd be back. Yeah, back on Monday. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that's, that, that that's cool awesome. that you're going though. That sounds like a lot of fun. You're going to go into oh, the yeah. Hall of Fame as well. Yeah, we're, I'm going to do the Kings Classic draft. Mm-hmm. And like, I think, oh man, it was so, it was so unfortunate. Um, T 
Tags was going to be there. Mike Tagliere from Fantasy uh-huh. Pros. Yeah. He was going to be there in our draft, but he got COVID, unfortunately. So he's going to be on the Zoom meeting. Oh, so yeah. he's had he won't some be there. Like, bad luck. Like, didn't he like get or go on a vacation, to, like write his book and then got like hurt or something and like had to get like, oh man, it was like, it's it's been rough for him. I hope he's okay. But I mean, he's such a grinder. One of the best in the industry for sure. Yeah, Mike Ta- um, Tags is awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. Go check out the Young Fantasy Mind and uh, we will see Appreciate you. Appreciate it, Calvin. Yeah, thanks for coming. It was great to have you. Uh, And yeah, this is a great show. So thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll see you next time.